to another episode of the College Football Overdrive Podcast. My name is Fred Purdue. I am one of your hosts. We got a little bit of a change today. We have a substitute teacher. If you know, you know. I want to welcome in Shane P. Hallow. What's going on, Shane? Hey, what's up, Fred? It's nice to nice to be on the show. Nice to talk to you here. I've been listening each week. You and Rick have been killing it uh, on the Debbie Marketplace feed. So thanks, man. And it was, it was a good weekend of college football. So excited to talk about it. Definitely, definitely. We have some, um, I, I feel I'm hurt a little bit. You know, I, I rarely say that. Yes, no, that's a lie. I've been saying that a lot this year. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me, am I all right? Hell no. We're going to talk about it, though. Before we do, let's jump into, let's just kind of, let's let's pay some bills first. So make sure you follow the show on Twitter at CFB Overdrive. Shane, where can they find you on Twitter? Because you you really get it in with the <laughs> With the, the fantasy football stuff, the Ohio State stuff, we, we don't care about that. Um, the the NFL stuff, the, the Steelers stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, follow me at, the, at Shane P. Hallam, and, you know, you get get the college football, get the NFL draft, get the uh, Debbie fantasy football. We do, we, I do all that over there. So, yeah, follow uh, at Shane P. Hallam. You can follow Debbie Marketplace at Debbie Marketplace as well. We'll tweet out the shows and, and do all that. Good stuff, good stuff. And you can find me on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB, where I have been on a tirade about a certain school, a certain school in Coral Gables. I don't know. I, there's rumors that I wanted to jump into the, the transfer portal after, especially after this week. And we can kind of start there. We can start there. Um, the Miami Hurricanes losing 45 to 21 against the Duke Blue Devils. No, this is not basketball. If it was basketball, I'd be okay with it. I'd really be okay with it. That's like a first-half score. Cool. But no, 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 no. This is college football at its worst. The the definition of a meltdown. I mean, eight turnovers, but can we really call it ten because you had two turnover on downs? This is awful. It was absolute awful. Your starting, your starting center is out. Your backup center is now out. Your starting quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, who should probably transfer to a certain school in Texas. Hmm. Hey, Rhett Lashley, we got somebody that can help you. Um, and it's it just the defense. We have we have six, six five safeties who are who are who tackle like they have pillows around their bodies. James Williams, talking to you. Um, Backup quarterbacks who want to play Tebow, but they're not good enough to do it, and play callers who seem incompetent. Yeah, I, I guess my question for you, I, I didn't watch this game yet, but my question for you is, um, you know, for, for Tyler Van Dyke, he, he got hurt in this game, right? Yeah, he hurt his shoulder. So do you think if he had played the whole game, this would have been a different outcome? I mean, do you think uh, with, with, with Miami not living up to expectations and – TVD's had his issues, especially early in the season. Uh, but I thought he was picking it back up the last couple of games when he, you know, when he kind of came back. Um, do you think there's a different outcome here? Because, I mean, there's turnovers. It, it's, it wasn't looking good. Um, yes and no. Does he hold on to the football where there's fumbles? Probably so. Does he throw a pick six? Probably not. Tyler's a little bit more um safe with the football if he's gonna throw a pick he's just t- fitting it into a really tight window um but th- that doesn't solve the just the problems on defense uh you have some bright spots mesador is one of them daryl jackson's definitely one of them um but it doesn't solve the linebacker problem it doesn't solve the corner problem it doesn't solve the offensive line problem uh zion nelson we need you where are you um, it, it doesn't solve the, 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 the inability to run the football or the inability to stop the run from quarterbacks who have no business running the football. And last but not least, Tyler Van Dyke can, cannot, for me, at the University of Miami, you should be able to push Duke around to get at least one yard. That's my, that, he can't control that. That's a want. That's an mm. effort thing. And when you get a chance to watch the tape, you'll see Duke pushed Miami around. They out-efforted um, Miami as well on a couple touchdown runs by Riley Leonard, the quarterback. And just overall, Canes just did not. And it's a, and your home crowd, 
where are you guys? I know they're fair weather, but I mean the stadium. I've seen high school games that have more more um, a larger attendance. Yeah, I mean, look, Duke's offense has been good this year. I mean, Riley Leonard yes. has really turned it on um, throughout the season and been competitive. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the passing performance has been similar to what he's done, where it's 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 high high risk, high reward, kind of going to be a lot of incompletions, but it'll hit some of those big plays. Um, I, I really like Shaka Hayward on their defense, but yeah, the, it's, it's just surprising to me that Miami couldn't put up more points. Like you say, if you can't run the football and become one dimensional, then that's tough against any team. They should have been able to push Duke around up front. That should have been where you're, you would be able to win. Uh, so that's, that's not promising for the future. No, it's not. And seeing a lot of recruits with their faces like, Oh, this is, this isn't good. Got to, got to, Got a little something from a source saying, you know, they're not too upset. They want to come in and change this, this, what's going on right now. We have to remember this is year four of Manny Diaz's recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. Now, what made me look, it made me look really weird at this one. And, and I'll throw a name out there from back in the day a little bit. Rich Brooks, the former Oregon head coach, he said, Look at what Oregon's doing. And hey, guys, by the way, did you see the Miami score? And that's year three of, Mario Cristobal's last class and the way they just dominated UCLA, you know, it, you're, it makes you wonder what is going on. I've heard some things like Mario coaches guys too hard and guys are soft and you want guys to be coached tough. Some of these guys in today's college football there, they don't want to be coached tough. Something's got to change because I need the results that happened at Oregon last week and and i think i think it's a fair point that give them some time you know let's Mm -hmm. see what that recruiting class looks let's see what the transfer portal looks like because you know you mentioned akeem mesador as a good transfer that's Mm coming and played really well for miami maybe that's something that's going to continue um so i I hope they have some patience because i don't think i don't think Diaz may have may have done that may have recruited guys that are soft and that was what he was kind of just going for pure athletic talent and crystal ball might look for guys that are tough and that's going to take some time. You can't do that in one year. Definitely. Um, the one bright spot and I've been, you know, we text throughout, throughout the week and throughout Saturdays, um, Kobe young, six, five, two twenty, pretty good route runner for a guy, a big guy like that. Sure. Hands. He's the bright spot. You have to, at this point, it's recruiting your own guys to, to keep them here, especially now with the, it almost seems like we have two recruiting cycles now with transfer portal and, and, um, and actual recruiting season. So uh, you got to recruit your own guys. He has to be a, a priority because he's been consistent uh, throughout the last few weeks. He, he had, he had to take a little bit to get used to the speed of the game, but now he's here and he's been making a big difference. Um, but yeah, he's the, he was the one bright spot throughout all of this. There you go from uh, Scranton, PA. So, yeah, yeah, you guys actually play football up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the east side of the state uh, where, where you don't have too mm. too much of that actually. Mm. So, uh, okay. but I know he was between Miami and Pitt. So, it's a, it's a, I'm sure some people would like to have him at Pitt. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, we'll see those guys at the end in a in a who cares bowl. Uh, to maybe get a bowl game. Um, so we'll, we'll see down the road. Uh, speaking of Oregon, though, we had a matchup of ranked teams. And my thing is this. you That UCLA team, the way we talked about that UCLA team coming into this game, they were Chip Kelly was going to finally win this thing. He was going to come into Otson, and he was just going to run ruck shot. And this Oregon team is really like, you know, they're fool's gold. Not so fast. <laughs> um, what Bo Nix? Who's that? Because that's not Bo Nix. I that can't be Bo Nix. That's somebody dressed up as Bo Nix. They have some really good impersonators because who threw that football last night or yesterday afternoon? That was not Bo Nix. That was Marcus Mariota coming back with the from the fountain of youth. Somebody. It wasn't Bo Nix. It's wild because this is not. Like you said, it's not Bo Nix of Auburn anymore, and you wonder even more so 
was there a coaching that <laughs> we know there was a coaching issue at Auburn. Oh, um, but you know, like, was there more against some of the players and, and the talent there? I think Bo Nix is playing himself into a senior bowl invite. He's playing himself into being drafted. Like he's playing himself into uh, a lot of things here by you know, being a much better quarterback than Anthony Brown was last year at Oregon, who had a pretty good year. Um, it, it was surprising. I really thought, I, I thought UCLA would come to this game. And, and and win or at least keep it within a field goal or so. And, and they just got the doors blown off them. I mean, Troy Franklin, Oregon, the receiver, young receiver, is excellent. I think he's one of the best young receivers in college football. It's not getting much attention on the West Coast. Um, and so, so it's it's been interesting to see Oregon. I, I mean, their defense, I thought, would play better than they have this this year. A lot of ta- a lot of athletic talent that hasn't really mm-hmm. come together. But, um, but they, I mean, they got run over by Zach Charbonnet. But Offensively, I don't know how Bo Nix has thrown 70% five touchdowns. It's wild to me. And it's not like they're throwing bubble screens. They're pushing the ball down the field. Um, I mean, one of the bombs he threw, I'm like, whoa, hold on. I had to, like, hit the rewind real quick. Oh, okay. All right, Bo Nix, let's go. Because I remember seeing Bo Nix in person in high school when he was at the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, One of my kids, when I was coaching – um, he actually was there. Uh, and so I went to go see him and I said, Oh, Oh, Bo Nix is here. Okay. What's up? And he didn't, he didn't impress me then. So I was like, okay, mm, he's going to Auburn. Oh boy. And yeah, it just, it hasn't been pretty. And sometimes guys fit in different schemes. Some guys have different skill sets. This one I want to pay attention to, especially going into, uh, his NFL prospects, I might have to go back and watch the tape. No, I'm not calling him a first-round pick or anything like that. I, I won't even say he's, um, you know, second to fifth round. He might be a sixth to, sixth and, sixth to undrafted guy, but he could stick on a roster. He could easily stick on a roster, if, especially if he's doing all things like this. Definitely. I mean, from what his career was to getting drafted would be, I think, would be yeah, a, exactly. huge, a huge exactly. step. So, um yeah, it's, I mean, and like UCLA, I thought offensively played well. I mean, I think Jake Bobo, their transfer from Duke, the receiver is going to be an NFL player. I think he'll get drafted. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you know, these two guys, him and Nick's probably on the same team at the Senior Bowl. They're probably both going to go uh, and might have a shot, like you said, late-round pick, um, so, which which is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um the thing I saw with Oregon, too, defensively, um, Noah Sewell, I, was, I wasn't so high on him coming into the year. I, I said he was kind of slow-footed, kind of he, – he's a thumper type. No, no, my opinion is slowly changing on him. Um, I was interested to see how that matchup between him and, and Charbonnet was going to go. Yeah, yeah. I think if they played ten times – Probably both. It'd probably be a, a. It'd probably be five and five. I, I both sides played very well. I'll say it that way. Yeah, I I, th- I think UCLA was definitely keying in on Noah Sewell in the run game. Like they, they were making yeah. sure he was blocked. Um, yes. and that second yes. level, he was the first look. Uh, I also like Oregon's corner Christian Gonzalez. I thought he had a really good first half. Uh, but he's a name to look out for day two of the draft. Definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of, of teams that have played things tough, uh, you have uh, the TCU Horn Frogs facing off against the Kansas State Wildcats. This one was circled a couple weeks ago, and this one I, I'm, I was very interested because TCU, every week we hear, we kept saying, TCU's going to lose this game. TCU's going to lose this game. Here, here's the one. They're going to lose it, and they don't. And it's not like they're just – they're, they're a very physical football team. Now, Max Duggan, he's been here forever. He's one of those uh, – He has he's, what, a fifth-year senior at this point. And when you have these fifth-year guys, they're like – it's like having a 24-year-old being your quarterback. He's seen everything. Oh, only four years. He can come back next year. Yeah, he, he will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can – you know he will. He will. Um, but when you have dudes like Quinn Johnston, oh, is good. I, I mean, NFL teams are salivating over him, and I've seen, I've heard the comparisons. CD Lamb, I've heard um, Michael Pittman Jr., the former USC receiver. Um, he might be a combination of the two, 
but his run after catch ability, but he has some deep speed that I don't think anybody really saw happening. He's going to be a very interesting prospect. And I'm not going to lie. Um, Adrian Martinez, if he's, he's, he's like what a six year senior and um, he may have a, he may have a position change. Maybe he's not a quarterback. Let's be real about it. He's not a quarterback, but from the be- opening play, he took off for like 30 yards. And I'm like, did you not see read option coming? They're not running anything else. Do you know who their offensive coordinator is? Colin Klein, the former Heisman Trophy candidate from years ago. Um, yeah, you, you, this offense looks just like that. So I'm, I don't respect Deuce Vaughn running the football. He's injured. You know the quarterback's holding on to this thing. He should have been the key there. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he got hurt in that game. I think if Adrian Martinez plays beyond the first couple plays, TC may have been in trouble. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, could, it could have been a different game if they had, you know, Will, Will Howard's not exactly the running quarterback that, no. <laughs> that you wanted. Started he was still, he still, nine, he still ran a, almost a dozen times. Yeah, started out eight for nine, which is promising, but – when you lose that dynamic running threat, especially in college, see in, in the NFL, I'm okay with my quarterback quarterback, not running for 120 yards and taking off 15 times. I want my quarterback to throw darts, extend plays, but in college, the dual threat quarterback is the ultimate equalizer. And if he has Adrian Martinez's uh, NFL body and um, six year, uh, acumen at quarterback like you got to be able to he's a problem he's an entire problem kind of like he was at nebraska except they didn't have the talent yeah um so it it, it, it's it's just wild to me that you're talking about quinn johnston tcu didn't even use him for the first three weeks and still won and now that he's been unleashed they're dropping 30 to 40 points a game uh and yeah i i mean I mean, Deuce Vaughn played well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his NFL future looks like, but he's going to keep Kansas State in a lot of these games. And like I said, I was impressed with Kendra Miller, TCU's running back, replacing Zach Evans, 29 carries, 153 yards, five, over five yards a carry. He's explosive. Um, I didn't think his TCU offense would be as good, as good as it is. I had no inkling of that coming into the year. No, I didn't either. I thought maybe this might this team might be a year away from being competitive. Uh, Sonny Dykes comes in, changes the offense a little bit. Uh, but you have a veteran quarterback who can actually take off a little bit and uh, he can man the ship. Um, but the way they've come back in a couple of these games, the Kansas game, now this one, they're battle tested, um, knocking off Oklahoma State. It's it's this one's been this one's fun. Uh, I still wish they were in the in the what used to be the whack. <laughs> or yeah, that would have been the, the old Boise State days with with uh, Utah too. That would have been fun seeing them. But now they're a Power Five school, so it's all it's also weird when you hear this team having a record like it does, and you're like, oh, they're gonna upset everybody. Oh wait, they're in a Power Five. Uh, it's still just kind of weird seeing some of these schools do that have moved on. Uh, but nonetheless, this team's gonna be someone to watch out for, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm definitely here for it. Um, we have so the big one, the big boy uh, on the on the block, Alabama. Uh, I saw we talked about this one on Twitter um, pregame. Uh, Alabama at Mississippi State, or I'm sorry, Mississippi State at Alabama. Um, Mike Leach, Air Raid. They're always going to put up a ton of yards. They've ran the ball, but this one I knew was going to be Saban's going to say, "Let's let, we're going to line up cover four keep everything inside, funnel everything inside. And if you beat us deep, you beat us deep. I don't think you will. Will Rogers is a really good quarterback, but they don't have the the, the athletes to, to match up with Alabama. Um, Bryce Young did everything he needed to do. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, boy. Jameer Gibbs has the quickest first step in college football when it comes to um, his first, uh, his initial burst, the jump cut that jump cut he has last week. He put somebody in a blender. The second he got the football, the guys in the backfield, <laughs> he put a guy in a blender 
And now he's just getting to the corner. He does whatever he wants. Um, I thought he might have been a Heisman contender had they decided to run the football a little more. But it seems like Alabama wants to be balanced. I've heard rumblings of both coordinators being gone. Like they want the fans want them out. I'm like, y'all do realize Alabama's scoring 30 plus. <laughs> like that, is that that Alabama had like we're not scoring 35 anymore. So get the court get the pro style Super Bowl quarterback or uh, quarterback whisperer out of here. We need we need something else. And now Pete oh. Golding is a whole different ball game. I could justify it because the, the secondary is terrible. Um, Will Anderson, he's getting triple teamed. I don't blame him whatsoever. Dallas Turner needs to get do a little bit more. Um, but it's the Alabama standard, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's just wild when that's not why he lost to Tennessee. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it was the offense. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mississippi State. Like, I think Mike Leach. It's it's wild. Wow, I think Mike Leach is per, that's she's perfect there because you're not you're never going to beat Alabama and you don't have to, right? Like, but he he can beat up on the smaller SEC teams and mm-hmm. win. You know, beat Mississippi every once in a while and like keep his job and be one of the best coaches Mississippi State's had in a long time. Um, so that's that's fine. Uh, I, I think Will Rogers is better than people think but you're never you're like you said you're never going to be able to pass it downfield uh and with him and so alabama's gonna gonna come up pretty big um yeah they, they didn't use gibbs as much in this game but bryce young once again he was just on target and i jacory brooks the receiver second year guys starting to break out a little bit because mm-hmm. i think the rest of the receiving core is, is honestly pretty dismal it, it's not good it and the fact that bryce young still able to do what he's doing is pretty impressive to me i'm liking isaiah bond when they decide to give him the football it's rare but i'm liking what i see from him he has he has some speed on him yeah um the offensive line is looking a lot better than it did last year it was almost like a turnstile on the on the right side last year and if if evan neal wasn't there last year boy oh boy uh it might have been pretty well much worse um but this offense isn't the problem. Bryce Young has has kind of manned the ship. This is what a what a Heisman Trophy winner is supposed to look like. Um, it's kind of equivalent to seeing a guy um, like a Pat Mahomes in the NFL, Tom Brady. Team's not great around him, but we'll do what he make it happen. You know, you made 30, 30 to six in this game. This is the crazy stat for this series uh, between Saban and uh, Mike Leach. In the three contests <laughs> these two have have competed in, um, Alabama, Nick Saban, Nick Saban led teams one twenty to fifteen. Oof, score line. Man. I yeah, mean, I mean, and and six of those points came in this game for for uh, for for Mike Leach. Um, Alabama gets up for this type of game because you all you got to really do with this offense is funnel everything inside. Um, Mike Leach is a little bit more old school with his air raid stuff. So you're not going to see the same things you see with Josh Heupel um, and the rest of these guys out here running uh, different versions of the air raid, which I'm a big, I love this offense, but at some point you have to evolve a little um, because this isn't Texas tech and Graham Harrell and Mike and um, Crabtree running around. Those guys don't exist anymore. Yeah, you got a quarterback, but you have nobody, a receiver. I mean, generally speaking, I don't think he's getting any major recruits like that. And so, nah. nah. I mean, especially in some of his some of they're, his antics. And, they're getting better. I mean, they're getting better, mm-hmm. uh, but you're still never getting someone that's super no. dynamic. No, 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 no. You might you have to develop those guys. So defensively, I thought that team wasn't gonna. They weren't gonna put up numbers. It's it's Bryce Young. Um, I, some of some know I've kind of slightly come off of him, um, just more so for the size of him. Um, if Bryce Young was six one, six foot, maybe two hundred pounds, two hundred fifteen pounds, we'd be all right. But when you're five ten, one ninety, but he's, that's he's tough. Though. He he's a tough he, player. Yes, like, he, he is. He's not. He's you know. He's it's not like he's soft and uh, he you know he he plays. He his ice in his veins and plays tough. I think that's that can work, but you, you better have an offense for him. Yeah, you go. better have one. You better, and he's he's an accurate thrower of the football in and out of the pocket. Great pocket awareness. 
knows when to slide, when to get it out. Um, a good, good one thing I with him, he has a little Aaron Rodgers quality to him. If I don't like what I see, what I see, throw it out of bounds. Next play, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an underrated skill. Some kill you for it, but it's a very why take a chance on something? Just move on to the next play. Um, speaking of of NFL prospects, and I know this isn't the the NFL show, the NFL draft show, but you know how we do, Shane. When we get here, <laughs> sometimes sometimes we get a little NFL draft crazy. Uh, my NFL first round pick. Uh, first overall pick, my Heisman Trophy selection preseason, the most the team that I hate the most, and you guys, I will hate you guys until forever. I you still owe me a national championship. I'm never getting over. Ah, it. Look, I've seen the trophy. Oh, I don't know. We have it. So yeah, so I, I, I think that <laughs> yeah, they, it was stolen. It needs to be returned. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes and C.J. Stroud, one of my one of my favorites. Um, I've just I've had a thing for this guy. Uh, as far as his quarterback prospects, I mean, he he has all the tools. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba was supposed to come back this game, got re-injured. Um, like, they need him. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. has stepped up big. Um, my my guy at running back, uh, Travion Henderson, uh, he, he they don't need any of these guys. I mean, offensive line looked good. Iowa seems like Iowa hang around with Ohio State for about a half. They're well disciplined. They're well coached. Um, Petrus throws a pick first play. Uh, great job. Um, <laughs> yeah, this game they're going to hang around for a half. They Ohio State adjusts, and then the fireworks start. I mean, CJ footwork, everything, everything. Um, what what else can you say about this team offensively? They put up what forty plus points. Uh, what seven straight weeks, and I think that if I remember correctly, it was a, it was a school record. Um, just crazy numbers, crazy numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because this is probably the worst game that CJ Stroud's played this year. Yeah, yeah, the numbers look good. I mean, you know, the Iowa's defense scored more than their offense. They had the strip fumble of him in the first quarter and scored a touchdown. That was that was it. You know, then Stroud's like, no drive at the end of the second quarter, NFL throw, NFL throw, NFL touchdown. Like it, it was boom, 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 just beautiful, perfect sideline passes right at, right in the bucket. Just crazy uh, what he could do with the football. And he's one of those guys that could run and just it doesn't. So I think he's up your alley, Fred, for, for that because uh, he definitely could do more of that. I think ISD fans get frustrated sometimes, but – um, yeah, he's exceptional. They couldn't run the ball, and so it was it was on him, and it was fine without JSN. I mean, Marvin Harrison's probably the top receiver in the 2024 NFL draft right now. Um, and uh, this defense under Jim Knowles for Ohio State is – I mean, it's, it's a world of difference. It is so different than it ever has been before that, like – in last year, Iowa would have stuck around. They would have been able to run the ball – Petrus gets benched and Padilla comes in. High State didn't prepare for him, and he does pretty well. That wasn't the case. Yeah, Jim Knowles has really changed his defense. Um, last year it was, I mean, everybody stayed in games. Had no bit like if you guys might actually be. Never mind. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm yeah, let's 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 not go that far. But yeah, we'll yeah. See. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll hold <laughs> on to that one. Um, now they those people those people in in maize and blue do it again and we'll have a conversation yeah, about yeah. that. But but yeah, I think this is you know, I called this, I said this preseason. I said Ohio State is on the revenge tour. This is the revenge tour. And I think every single game, at least on at least offensively, they're saying no one's going to stop us and we're we're about that. And boy, um CJ Stroud is leading that. He it's going to be between him Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young for the Heisman, and quite honestly, you could just you could put all three names in a hat, shake it up, and just pull one, and you know, you wouldn't get a wrong answer at I, this point. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Young's not going to win it. They're not going to give it to him. No, twice. nobody. So, like he's out. You know, I think Stroud's just in that driver's seat at this point. Definitely, definitely, and then those guys are still in in it for the college football playoff. There's you guys have a one game season. Let's be real about it. It's a one game season. Beat Michigan, go to the go to the title game, win again. 
and you're in it. it. It it really that's pretty much the formula. But you know, you guys always every now and then lose to Purdue like you're not supposed to. Don't do that. Um, because yeah. I have you guys are one of my college football playoff selections. I've already lost one, Utah. And yeah, don't do that. So speaking of losing, speaking of losing, um, I wa- I flipped this game on and I was like, Oh yeah, this Quinn Ewers looks real good, and Oklahoma State's in, in trouble. And then I flip back to see Oklahoma State kneeling. <laughs> Quinn, I get it. It was a good throw at the end, but don't make that throw again. Don't try to fit. Don't be a hero at the end. Quinn Ewers has looked really – he looks like that number one overall high, high school player. Uh, if anyone's wondering who I'm talking about, we have the Texas Longhorns who are 5-2 and two facing off against the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys. This one was a typical – Big 12, shootout, constant, just back and forth. Um, Texas looks a lot better. They just – I don't – I want to see it more consistently. I want to see it look like this consistently week to week, not the ups and downs. Um, but you can't lose a game like this, especially when you're up early in this game. Yeah, and, and they have they have the weapons too. I mean, Xavier Worthy, uh, receiver, he's exceptional. And Jatavian Sanders, their tight ends coming on. I think one of the better young tight ends mm-hmm. in the country. Um, he was an athlete recruit, like super athletic. I think Quinn Ewers just isn't fully comfortable in this offense yet. And like you said, taking those chances that he really doesn't need to take, and it's going to take some time. Uh, I don't. Texas probably didn't expect to be a contender this season. I, th- I think really a lot was playing for next year, even with B. John Robinson there for his last year, who ate, ate up Oklahoma state's defense early. They should have kind of stuck to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Texas, their defense, their defense line so good. Uh, they're, they're holding Dominic Richardson to less than two yards of carry at the, the main running back for Oklahoma state. But uh, the secondary just can't man up and Spencer Sanders kind of ate them up. It was, it was su- surprising to me that, that they were able to let him come back. Like you really could have um, could have won this game without the turnovers, I think. And uh, it's a rough, rough loss for Texas and that upset in Oklahoma state without the defense this year, still, still winning games. Yeah. Uh, Sark's um, yeah. Sark has five, has five losses in the last 20 games uh, where he's blown a lead of at least 10 points. He's 10 and 10 uh, at Texas with those with that and for me three points is you can't you have to be able to pull do more than three points in the second half I mean I I know what this is like so Sark I don't feel bad for Sark here because you know how we're looking out in the down at Coral Gables but this thing when you have a lead a 10-point lead like this you just have to learn how to manage the game and I think that comes with experience as a coach um if it's if the run is working stick to it stick to it. You know what Oklahoma state wants to do. You know, they want to get on the perimeter. They want to throw the football with Spencer Sanders, leave that offense on the off, on the sideline, do it. It's it's, I think coaches like to get cute. And when they try to get cute, it's one of those things that you out coach yourself. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yep. Yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, he has to do some self-assessment, I think, on the approach. But um, Texas will still be good. And I think next year, Quinn Ewers more comfortable, still have Xavier Worthy, still have Javion Sanders. Uh, I think I think his team's going to be good. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of dismal quarterback, um, a dismal quarterback outing, uh, we had the Syracuse Orange facing off the undefeated Syracuse Orange. I have to put the respect on their name because uh, the last time they were doing this was Donovan McNabb was roaming the sidelines. Um, so yeah, you got to we got to be a little bit more respectful to that. Uh, but they were facing off against the the Kings of the ACC. You know, Mister, I got ten games and that's a down year. Um, Clemson. So your guy. That's your guy. He he's never gonna be my guy, DJU. Um, <laughs> you, you call him call him my guy after after last year. Like and <laughs> everyone tossed him in the trash. I mean, I liked him after that freshman game against Notre Dame, but after last year, it's like they need to bench him. And I mean, honestly, uh, he I would have benched him maybe three weeks ago, but you can't bench him when you're winning. <laughs> you're winning. Right. And I mean, I mean, even against Florida State, I'm saying. 
there was a play where he had I, – I can't remember who he had open wide open, but there I think it might have been fullback because he had like a 40 number on. But uh, threw it to – he was open wide. When I say he was, he was high school wide, he was little league, middle school, sandlot football wide open. Like we're not even getting a scholarship wide open on the front pylon. He pats the ball. He looks at it. And then he decides two seconds later to throw it. And I'm like, he's still wide open, but come on, make the throw. And this is what DJ is. If without the running, they've managed him with the running game. They're winning in spite of him. Um, he, so you can't t- turn the football over like he has. Um, when he's good, he's manageable. When he's bad, like he was last night, he's bad. And I, I said, no, Clemson's going to be – their defense will take over this game early. And then I turn off 21-10. Wait, what in the world is going on? The last time this happened, um, Deshaun – what was it? Deshaun Watson or Kelly Bryant roaming the sidelines on a Friday night. It was weird. They had those purple jerseys on, which make no <laughs> sense. And they lost that game. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was an experience. So uh, this game – defensively Clemson will if they play like this they're not going to have a chance but you know Kate Klubnik I said it was going to be five games that they would literally say hey DJ you got to go and Kate comes in he manages the offense they win they come back and win this game and then Dabo comes out and says you know when even Steph Curry goes two for 25 and I'm like (laughs) did you really compare DJ U to Steph Curry there's context to this because, yeah, Steph Curry may go two for 25 and then he's going to go shoot the lights out and go 17 for 18 the rest of the way. That is, the, there, there is no comparison here whatsoever. Steph Curry is elite. I want to get rid of um, DJU as quickly as possible. Yeah, the fact that he's committing back DJU a quarterback is astounding. And then he's, he, it was like, <laughs> he, he did. You slap him in the – you give him a compliment, but it's, like, backhanded. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to start him. He's our guy. He's, like, he's our guy. Like, okay, well, you know, you can't – it's going to be – it's hard to going to be hard to put that back in in the bottle. And then there's no way he's declaring for the draft. Like, right? So now we, now what do you do? You can't you know keep, what you One of them has to transfer. Who, who are you going to pick? You're going to pick DJU? Like, I don't think so. I mean, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm Dabble, I say DJ – you know, it'd be best if you trend if you decide. Notre Dame has an opening at quarterback, DJ. Just go ahead. Speaking of Notre Dame, so and I know <laughs> we'll talk about this one. We'll talk about this one at the end, but just kind of a hint. You know, you know, it all comes back. It's you know, every they say everything's cyclical. Cyclical. Um, you know, everything comes back around at some point. This one's going to be interesting next week. Um, yeah, we got introduced to DJU against a, a Notre Dame team. So right. So go. Go transfer there. He could start, and we'll go with Cade. But I would, I would love for him to transfer there. I hate little leprechauns, and, <laughs> and, if, he, and if he throws tons of picks there and they stink, oh yes, DJ, go, go. Uh, for Syracuse, I gotta say uh, just a couple things because I, I thought the second half play offense play calling was abysmal. Like, how do you not run Sean Tucker more? You have five mm-hmm. carries the whole game. He had a, he broke off a big run over ten yards a carry. How, how are you not feeding him when you're up? Like just stupid to, to you know just run read option and obviously Clemson's they don't care as much about Garrett Schrader running the football, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. No. So I, I think that was dumb. And I, I, I a receiver that's coming out to me is uh, Ronda Gaston the second. I loved his dad at the, the Dolphins back in the day, um, who's I think coaching at Syracuse. And uh, Gaston's been really good for them. I think he's going to be a potential top 100 pick in a year um Syracuse has they're gonna have an offense next year um and Clemson better be happy that their defense tightened up because like you said if this happens against a better you know a different team or team with some good play calling in the second half like they they can lose you better hope you if you stay in this thing and that and let's be real Clemson's winning they're going to the ACC title game and they're playing against probably North Carolina and North Carolina can score now. The problem is North Carolina can't stop anybody. So that'll well, be. He's going to have three hundred yards, but you know. Yeah, 
Will Shipley, every I mean, 172 total yards. I mean, I love the kid. I mean, I thought he he's not Christian McCaffrey, guys, just because you see a white running back in the backfield. He's not Christian <laughs> McCaffrey, but he's a tough runner. And uh, you can tell why he was one of the top guys coming out of high school. Uh, Clemson is 59 and one in the last 60 home games. <laughs> just it, insane. That's insane. That's just that's just crazy. And they have Notre Dame coming around. And their five, the next four opponents they have have a record of 13 and 12. So easy pickings for Clemson. But in college football, anything can happen. So we'll keep an eye on Clemson. Uh, a team that we I've kept an eye out for throughout the um, going coming into the year was the uh, the Texas A&M Aggies and their head coach who just got a recent 10-year, $94 million extension uh, last year. Um, can we um, – you know, you know, when you go to the store and you buy something and you don't like it, you know, you ha- you keep your receipt. Did Texas A&M keep their receipt? Can they take it back? <laughs> or are they, they stuck? Or, I mean, I, the recent thing I saw was, what, $85 million for now, and it's going to be like 20 30-something before they can even get, get a reasonable number. Yeah, um, you guys are stuck. You guys are stuck. And South Carolina should not beat you guys at all whatsoever. Um, this Texas A&M team across the board, injuries galore. I would start starting some young guys, Shamar Stewart. Um, yeah, I would get, start getting some of these young guys in and giving them some burn because your season's over. And Spencer Spencer Rattler, who I haven't paid attention to at all this year because he's Spencer Rattler and we have no reason to. Um, but this Texas A&M team, just they're falling apart. And Jimbo has now had a, a, a under 500 record for the first time since he got to College Station. Definitely not what I expected from him. No, I mean, and Spencer Rattler was awful. Like, South Carolina could run. Marshawn Lloyd, the former four-star, five-star running back, uh, finally healthy. He was kind of the show there. Uh, but South Carolina's offense has talent. I, I'm just – Texas A&M just doesn't have a quarterback. Haynes King, I liked. I, I thought maybe he could be something. He just, just never developed. They brought in the, the true freshman, Connor Wakeman, who, you know, was fine, but he's still a true freshman. Um, they're Like you said, their weapons are young on the team. It's, it's a young team. I feel like Jimbo kind of lined up, got the extension right when he's kind of rebuilding, uh, which is is going to be painful. Uh, I, I, think, I think he can do it, but this is going to be a painful year, and he's always been – allergic to starting those young players you got to change that you got to start developing guys definitely uh evan stewart um go ahead and queue up the with the first pick or i'm sorry with a whatever pick top 15 in a couple years queue that up go ahead and queue that up because he he's a monster he's just a freshman uh jimbo in the offense they they're just so lethargic they're slow there's no pace there's no tempo maybe that would be something that could help, especially with a guy like Haynes King who can actually run a little bit. He's a bit a lot better of an athlete than I that many think when he gets on the edge. But you know, this offense looks is slower than Florida State when he was when when he had Jamison company. I mean, and they're not nearly the type of offense that the talent wise. There's nobody on that team, even even Evan Stewart that is near like anybody on that Florida State team. So. Um, Spencer Rattler, 12 of 25, no touchdowns, no interceptions. <sighs> Spencer, just, just, you're going to go pro in something else. It, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I think we wouldn't hate Spencer so much if he, what we never saw that doc on him, uh, the series that he had the QB one series. Um, yeah, we would have yeah. never, we would have never saw that. I think we'd be okay with him, but nah. I just I, I just picture Spencer every time. It's your fault, man. You didn't you didn't run the route right. Uh, you know, just blaming your teammates and you know, good shout out to shout out to to Shane to um Shane Beamer for being out there and getting a dub. But I'm not celebrating that one too much. Not at all. Um, we got so we have LSU and Ole Miss. I did not see this one coming. Um. Brian Kelly teams tend to hang around. Jaden Daniels, I didn't. He started out slow against Florida State. 
Um, but they picked it up. I yeah, he, could, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn week one, and I don't know, what, yeah. I don't know what's happened. Like, yeah, it just I think it takes a minute to pick up on offense offensively with yeah. um Brian Kelly. At least we haven't seen him go like purple in a game yet. Uh, you, you there was a time when Brian, oh, I would only watch a Notre Dame game to watch Brian Kelly go absolutely nuclear on his quarterback, then pull to let him go back in the game, pull him kill his confidence, and then go nuclear on the backup because the backup who got no reps uh, throughout the week now doesn't know what to do. You know, it that was that was a Notre Dame special for me. But uh, this team has looked pretty good. I mean, re- the reality is Florida State, they should have won that game. Uh, it's a running joke here at, at, at the College Football Overdrive podcast that whoever the special teams coordinator is at, at LSU should have been fired week one. So this they should, what, be 6-1 and one at this point? Um, but you know, it's how, it's how the, how things bounce. So, uh, Jackson Dart looked okay. Ole Miss can still put up points, but LSU defensively looks pretty good. I don't think they'll beat Alabama, but I think they may give them problems. I I think this is the type of offense Alabama has trouble with though. You know, Jane Daniels obviously can run, um, I think when John Emery's back, the the run game for LSU is good. One thing, Brian Kelly, we can all hate on Brian Kelly. Um, I mean, his fake Southern accent and everything in between, <laughs> but he, he could coach. He he adjusts his offense to his players. I think in college that's rare, and you can see the changes to this LSU offense to fit Jaden Daniels. Um, and you know, get him passing more, get Keishon Boudet more involved. I, you know, it, it's been it's been good. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think he's been a good coach for them this year, and I didn't think I'd say that going in and for for. Mississippi, Quinshawn Judkins, their true freshman running back. Zach Evans didn't play, but he Judkins has been the lead back all year, and he's just he's flat out dominant. It's it's wild to see um, that he's going to be a good one as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, before we get out of here, um, definitely got to have our player of the week. I'll let you kind of. I know we see players through we see our players through NFL eyes, not college eyes sometimes, but. Um, who's your player of the week? Somebody that really just stood out for you. Um, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, do, do you have one? You want to start? Let me, let me. Think yeah, that. yeah. This one's easy for me. Bo Nix, because I, I mean, oh, yeah. the number is 28, 22 for 28, 283 yards and five touchdowns. He absolutely destroyed those guys over at UCLA and kept Chip Kelly from winning again against his former team. Um, I think Chip Kelly's like, man, I shouldn't have left Oregon. I would have had this Bo Nix guy. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he he was good. I'll uh, I'll give it that, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I I feel like to me talking about, I, yeah, I I, th- I think Jane Daniels is kind of my my player of the week just because mm, I didn't I didn't okay. see it coming. You know, I didn't think that. Um, and then I'll, I'll give an honor in terms of like a big game and I'll give an honor mention to Sam Hartman for Wake Forest, uh, through for five touchdowns, ran for another, you know, coming back from his injury this season. I wasn't sure if he would be what he, he was, and they just blew the doors off Boston college. So I think Wake is, is coming back a little bit. Definitely uh, seeing, not seeing him coming. I really, when I heard the news, he was out indefinitely at the preseason. I was like, oh boy. And then him coming, getting the getting the green light to come back. He's been pretty good. I love that slow mesh offense. Um, mm-hmm. They can run the football really well. So um, Dev, when you see guys have stories like that, Jaden Daniels too, um, leaving leaving the dumpster fire that is Arizona State <laughs> and, and coming over to the SEC and and then having not a, not a great start and finding a way. Um, you also you always root for guys like that. So before we get out of here, as we look ahead to next week. Um, I think the premier game for the week is probably going to be Ohio State, Penn State. I'm um, still not sold on Penn State, but I hope you guys beat the blow the doors off of them. Do we know if that's going to be another whiteout or no? Yeah, um, I, I think it's supposed to be, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think Penn State did the whiteout this week, so I don't, I don't know if they can do it two weeks in a row, right? Paint that stadium scarlet and gray. Please. I mean, on the right, it's a tough place to play. So I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but it, it'll be it'll be fun. Definitely, definitely. Um, looking ahead, otherwise, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, that should be a pretty fun one. Uh, two quarter, two really good dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, well coached teams. Definitely looking forward to that one. 
Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee. Tennessee was my dark horse team at the end of last year. They were my dark horse team to start the year. Uh, they've done everything I've expected them to do. Uh, they had, hopefully they do not o- overlook a Kentucky team. That's not really great. Will Levis is kind of overrated. Don't overlook them for Georgia, but I expect big numbers from this team. I don't think Josh Hype will let those guys have a letdown, but that'll be probably, I could see, have they announced uh game day for yet where they're going to be or. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they have yet. I haven't seen it at least. That so. would that would be a perfect candidate for game day. You know how they yeah. love, we love our SEC bias. Um, but that would be a perfect candidate for one of those. Texas A&M, Ole Miss, uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State hasn't been great, so we'll see. Uh, and Pitt, North Carolina, I'm just interested in Drake May. Um, in a couple years, you'll probably say with the first pick in the NFL draft. Another North Carolina North Carolina quarterback will get drafted. So, um, yeah, Drake May is really that guy. So, looking forward to seeing what those guys can do there. That's that's uh, a bold take when he's gonna he's gonna be up against Quinn Ewers and Caleb Williams next year. So you know how I feel about Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to do that. Quinn Ewers, maybe one more mango season where he's not turning the ball over and yeah. only scoring three points, but. Yeah, it's hard to find a six-five quarterback who who can throw it, can actually sling it. He has he throws with touch and anticipation. I mean, he he had to learn behind a good one in Sam Howell. So, um, looking forward to see what seeing what he does over the next couple of years. Uh, Shane, before we get out of here, thank you definitely for um, for coming in, playing substitute teacher again. If you know, you know. Um, let the fans know where they can find you on Twitter. We got to definitely have you back on one day. Yeah, absolutely. Find me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Um, and you can head over to draftcountdown.com if you want my NFL draft takes uh, over there. You can follow the show on Twitter, CFB Overdrive. You can follow myself on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB, where I will be continually saying I'm hurt. Don't ask me, am I all right? Because I'm definitely not. Hell no. Um, and I'm ready to fire Josh Gaddis right now. So, Canes fans, do you agree? Do you not agree? Let me know on Twitter. Um, but then but again, Shane, thank you for coming in, kind of stepping in for okay. Rick. Uh, we'll, Rick will be back on Wednesday when we reconvene here for week nine, where we have some, some interesting takes and we have some, we might have a little surprise for you guys, but until next week where we talk a little bit more college football, stay safe and peace. <laughs>